Hi, and welcome to another episode. I'm your host, Brian Maddox. With me today is Joe Giovanoli from Nine Cell. Welcome, Joe. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. So, uh, Joe, if you could tell us a little bit about your background uh, for our listeners out there, that'll help them kind of get a frame of reference for where you're going to be talking from. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds good. So, um, my virtually my entire career has been in the agency world. Uh, even coming out of college, uh, you know, work work in the agency space, uh, web, web development, web design, SEO. SEO has always been a, a really constant in my life. But um, in 2015, I started Nine Sale um, as a full service agency that very quickly evolved into uh, an SEO firm. Within like two years, we just kind of stripped everything out and, and focused on SEO. Um, you know, so bachelor's degree in marketing and, you know, I've carried that through the whole way. So when you started nine sale and decided to, to narrow down, what was behind that decision-making process? So it's a great question. So, um, I had only known full service agency world prior to starting nine sale. So I, I didn't really know that there was an ability to you know, only pick one service. And also there was that, that kind of scare factor of like, oh man, like how, how am I going to get enough clients to pay me for this one service? Um, but really uh, something that was instrumental was I, I read a book called uh, Built to Sell by John Warrilla. Um, and it, it was pretty much at the time that I read it, it was my story. You know, like I had clients that were never happy with web design and clients that were never happy with social media, you know, but I would constantly get little notes from our SEO clients saying like, Hey, I just closed a hundred thousand dollar deal from something that came from our website or, you know, Hey, your, your services just paid for themselves for the next six years, you know, like little, little notes. And finally, I just got to a point where I said, you know what, like the headache all around us is not worth it. We do this really, really well. So, um, we actually fired 80% of our staff and 80% of our clients, um, within a very short time window. Uh, of course we helped those clients to get to where they needed to go and finish up what we are contractually obligated to do. But right. we said, Hey, this is, this is the drop dead date that we're, um, we're, we're going to just do SEO. And, uh, that really changed things for us big time, changed, changed the energy at the, at the company. It changed our profitability it changed everything it was it was awesome so the the overall seo sort of landscape um since you started and and even now is uh highly competitive uh which qualifies your business as being uh, you know not to not to plug the name of the show here but hard to market so how do you market your services in a very crowded market space so to complicate things a little bit more, we're very niche focused. Um, so we only work with law firms, um, which adds a very interesting element, very hard to market uh, element to it. Um, and you know what we've what we found to be effective is one first and foremost practicing what we preach, which is to create our own content and to you know get out there and, and get get quoted in in publications. Um, we do some account-based marketing where we have a, a, a list of a very targeted list of firms that we're going after. Um, and we've had to spend a lot of time narrowing down who our ICP is. Um, you know, it, that has 
it took us years to, to figure out that we even needed to do that. And it's taken us months and months to even build out those lists. So, you know, ABM is really for us like a, a core way of growth. So can we talk about that for a minute? The, 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 um, the ICP conversation um, that a lot of, you know, a lot of the folks listening are marketers, so they're not, you know, they're familiar with it. Um, but uh, it's really difficult to tell when you've landed, right? You start with a fairly, um, what you think at the time is super specific, like you're cutting out a third of your market space or, you know, 90% of your market space or whatever. Um, but that gets, uh, it sounds like hyper specific over time. It's not just like your broad brush, like, oh yeah, I work with attorneys. Um, how as has your definition evolved? What what does it look like now versus what it looked like even just a year ago? Oh man, it's so different. Um, so, so yeah, I, first, first and foremost, I practice, we practice EOS in our business, entrepreneurial operating systems. Right. That's how we run our, our, our firm. And uh, EOS has the 80% rule, right? Get something 80% of the way there, get it 80% right. You know, you can tweak and refine later on, but 80% is really good. And that's a, that's a, a good operating place. So. Um, we got our, about six months ago, we got our ICP to about eight, what we feel was about 80%, right? We narrowed down, you know, who the specific buyer was, how big the, the firm was that we were looking for, what practice areas specifically we wanted to target. And, and, um, so to answer your question a year ago, we had none of that. Like we were kind of anybody that had a law firm that was a, a, of a decent size or had the budget to spend on what we did, we went after, we targeted, we were willing to put a proposal together. You know, mm. in the last six months, we've actually turned away more work than we have taken, um, including law firm work, uh, because they just weren't the right fit. And we knew that, you know, for whatever reason, the firm was too big and there was going to be too much, um, you know, red tape to go through. Overhead, um, or the, the firm was too small and, you know, the managing partner had to practice law, sell and be the, the lead marketer, right? Like we, we just didn't feel that that was a good fit. So we've had to do things to uncomfortable things to, to get to where we are today, but it, it's a completely different picture than where we were even a year ago. Um, and the company's uh, going to be nine years old in April. So, um, or it's going to be 10, excuse me, 10 years old in April. No, nine years old in April, <laughs> nine years old in April. So as you've gone through that journey, though, and I think this is a this is a part that I've I've heard a lot. Um, you always think you have it until you have it, right. right? Right. So a year ago, you're like, oh, this is great. I got you know, I'm ten times more specific what, specific than when I started. Uh, and now, even just a year later, you're even you're even more specific. Um, yeah. Do you think you're done? No, no. So. That's also the, the misconception is that you can only have one ICP. Um, and that's that's not necessarily true. You can have multiple ICPs within your business, right? And, and um, you know, in our case, we're probably going to have a, a smaller size and a more mid, mid-size, you know, category there. Um, we're also in the process of starting a, a sister business to this, which I will not willing to share right now. Uh, which will have its own ICP and its own, you know, things, right? But you're never really done because there's going to be changes in the market. There's going to be changes in the way that you do things. 
Um, you're going to find easier, faster, better ways. You may find ways to, to help another market, right? So you're never really done with that work. Um, also in our space, right. In the legal space, like there's regulations that come out and things like that. So the environmental factors may actually change some of that for us, uh, fortunately mm. and unfortunately. So we're, we're never really done. And I, I can't say confidently that there's any business out there that can set this and forget it and just, you know, just follow the same path over and over again. I think that they have to evolve and change. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, my experience is very similar. When um, I, I guess one of the things that is really interesting then is um, how do you know when what uh, what you have now, um, what are the indicators that it's starting to not be the right fit anymore? Like how have you calibrated that over time? Um, so that's a good question. So uh, I'll give you an example. We, we very rarely take on anybody in the personal injury space. Um, hmm. why, why is that? So what we found is that a lot of the folks that we were you know, getting introduced to or were finding us were super small personal injury firms who didn't have a lot of budget, where you have a lot of PI firms that are quite large out there that are spending millions of dollars a month on advertising. Just basic math, there, there's no way they're going to be able to compete, even if they went with a hyper-local approach. There's no way they're going to be able to compete against some of these big guys. And right. it's it's just not a space that we enjoyed. Um, very similar to what I said earlier, you know, the managing partner typically wants to be involved in some capacity. And, you know, there, there's a lot of things that they're doing. And we've just decided as a firm, it wasn't really a, a, an approach that we wanted to take. We do, I want to say that said, we have two firms that we've been working with as legacy clients for a long time. They're seeing great results. We've carved out a very specific niche that we work with, right? Even in a very hyper-competitive space like personal injury, we carved out a niche and we work with them so super well. Um, but it's not something we take on new clients for. Um, you know, it's just 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 gotcha. too too difficult. Yeah. So in the process of uh, helping your clients through this, um, you, you know, anybody that's done any marketing for legal knows that that's already super competitive. Um, and you're being, you being a SEO firm that specializes in legal, that's super competitive. It sounds like you have made a, an entire trajectory out of these really, really small bullseye style approaches. Um, What's what's the next one? I mean, I, I understand you're starting a new business. And I don't want to talk, you know, I, I'm, I'm, and you don't want to talk about that right now. And that's we'll, we'll get you in, in six months to a year when you're ready. <laughs> um, but um, what what about those challenges make them attractive to you as a marketer? So we're feeling a need that not many out there do well, um, and that became very apparent to me very quickly. So when I mentioned earlier that we you know, we changed our whole business model. We pivoted towards, you know, just doing SEO and it was SEO and paid search. So I really should say SEM as well. But um, we had one law firm client at the time that we made this call. And I decided to roll the dice and essentially bet the house on the fact that, hey, we're going to only go after law firms. So 2015 start the, the firm by 2017, end of 2017, we had pretty much made the determination that law firms were the direction we were going to go. And it was because I saw an opportunity in the space. I saw a lot of people, you know, providing these SEO services to law firms that 
I was surprised that they were even getting away with it, right? Like you think law firms, one, a lot of people are afraid to work with lawyers and law firms because they don't want to get sued. And the the level of services that I was seeing that they were receiving, I was like, well, we can do this. So we are already doing this so much better. Like we, this is, this is our time to shine. We could go after this. So, um, you know, I, I like to look for that opportunity in a market where, yeah, sure, there may be a lot of competitors and stuff like that. But if you can help make yourself stand out from the quality of service that you provide, as well as, the, you know, have people backing the results that they're seeing, you know, the, the space starts to open up very quickly because you do have a lot of companies out there that they're providing an automated service that's, you know, most of it is done overseas somewhere. And, um, you know, for some firms that it's all they can afford and they're happy with it, right? But, you know, for the firms that are experienced and they're looking for, you know, looking to grow, you need, you need to pay, you know, you need to pay somebody that's going to do that for you well. So that's always been my focus. And what I look for is, you know, is there an opportunity to make waves in this space? Is there an opportunity that to, you know, blaze a path to, you know, being a, a household name in these firms? And that's, that's really all we're after. Yeah. That's, it's, it's very tempting, right? Um, and, and I've said this before with, uh, you know, on the show, it's very tempting to, you start out and you're like, okay, I'll take money from anybody with a pulse and a check. And then you realize very quickly that like, there's some folks that they can't possibly pay you enough that you want to keep working with them. Yeah. Um, and, and then you had, move, we had our share. We've had our Yeah, share. no doubt. Right. <laughs> um, you move through that and then you get to where you're at now, which is like, you know, it sounds like with that, that super niche focus, um, you're able to really uh, not only command top dollar, but also deliver, you know, consistently top tier results, which is awesome. Um, so I, I guess that leads me to, so what are the so kind of the risks and the threats that are coming your way business-wise? Um, because I know the moment you become a top dog in this space, uh, the very next thing that happens is you've got a lot of folks want to eat your lunch. So how do you work with that? Yeah. So, so there's, there's definitely some much bigger players in the space than us right now. Right. So to, to, we're not, we're not necessarily the top dog at this point, but we are definitely, I think in the conversation when people are considering who their vendor is going to be. And I think the the competition that's out there right now, everybody's at a very different place and price point and stuff like that. So like, I, I feel like we each have our, have our space. Um, I think eventually I'd love to get the meeting of the minds together to, to just sit down with each of these owners and, and, you know, talk shop. But, mm. um, so, so kind of to answer your question about the threats, um, we all face one threat and I, I put in, I'm putting this in air quotes, AI is something that nobody understands what, what the future of that looks like at this moment in time. Um, Google is dropping in generative AI results into, um, into their kind of cert just to, you know, shake things up a little bit and, and give people some answers that maybe aren't necessarily looking to, uh, go to a specific website or, or, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but you know that's kind of a environmental factor. I'll call it because <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. Um, that that may change things a bit. Um, you know, but you do, and it, and it's the best form of flattery. Um, you do see that your name starts to get paid for on Google ads. Like if you Google yourself, and as soon as you see that another company, it their ad is showing up on Google for your name. Um, you, you know, that you're on somebody's radar, um, yeah, yeah. You, know, you, you know, we've had that happen a few times. Um, 
you know, and that's been kind of an interesting, interesting thing because it's entirely legal. You just can't, you know, they can't use our name in their actual ad. They can target our name, but they can't use their, our name in their ad. Uh, so, you know, you, you, you start, you start to be the person, you know, the company that people are trying to figure out who your clients are and they're starting to try to, to poach them and, and go after them. Um, we've had a little bit of that here and there. Uh, you know, we've had clients say, oh yeah, Hey, by the way, so-and-so reached out and, you know, they, they know that you work with them, you know, work with us. And, uh, that, that's, that happens, but, you know, you just start to get more and more on people's radar, which means you have to have your, frankly, you have to have your shit together, right? Like you have to internally, you have to have your processes sound. You have to have your clients really happy and satisfied. You know, you want to make sure as you grow and scale, you're not just growing to scale to, to grow. You're looking to actually build a business that is sustainable and you want to have a lot of really great and happy people that are not going to leave on a, on a drop of a hat if somebody offers them a $500 discount, you know what I mean? Right. So, um, so yeah, so those are some of the, some those are some of the, the kind of the risk factors and, and some of the, the threats, but right now we're, you know, we're just trying to make sure that we offer a, a good, a good service to, to lawyers. Yeah, no, I get that. That's awesome. So when you're um, going through that process and you've got it all kind of calibrated and refined and, and it, like I said, it's, it sounds like it's all down then. Um, when, uh, when you look at the services you're currently offering um, more often than not, right. In most businesses, you find that there is a, uh, that lateral expansion or you get the vertical expansion. Um, you know, we talked about what we're not going to talk about. Um, but where, where are you expanding in the domain of the business you currently have in terms of your service offerings? Yeah. So we rolled out this year, two new services. So all SEO and SEM were always our two. Uh, we rolled out two services that are extremely complimentary and the things that our clients were asking us to do. So we rolled out a content creation arm of the business. Um, we had been partnering with a few outside vendors and we still do like we have clients that we share with, with partners, um, for various reasons. If, you know, we have, maybe we have a conflict of interest or, you know, for whatever reason we go to somebody, but we do uh, have content creation in house. Um, I have a, a head of content that, um, you know, has an English degree and, and has a, has a team of, of, uh, editors and writers that we can, we can pull from depending on the subject matter. Um, and then we introduced a digital public relations uh, offering. Um, and what that essentially means is that we're selling our, our backlinking service kind of as a, its own service. So anything that we're going after with digital PR is more focused on only digital publications. We're not trying to get print media. We're not trying to do any of that kind of stuff. We, we are very much doing things for the intentful purpose of finding you know, uh, mat- subject matter specific locations that we can get our clients mentioned in that will give us a link back to their website to make sure that we're consistently building that online authority. So um, we d- we've done this a little bit out of necessity and a little bit out of, we, you know, we, we think that this is the next step in SEO firm world. Um, so, you know, we've, we've been doing this pretty well to this point, you know, next year is going to kind of be a breakout year, I think for the digital PR service. So um, but outside of that, you know, one thing that we won't get into is doing website design and development ever again. That's not something <laughs> that we have any interest in doing. Um, we have a lot of great partners that we've vetted depending on the need and the, the budget. We have a partner that'll fit every budget that we've been working with for years and we're super comfortable with. But like, you know, I always get asked like, oh, why don't you just add that as a service hire a developer? It's like, because I don't want to deal with that. We start yeah, to yeah. we start to get into the place where, you know 
our client's brother's, you know, friend's wife has a, a comment about the color of the site and now everything needs to change, right? It's yeah, like, yeah. I don't, I don't have the patience for that, right? Like it's, you know, I, I want things that are data driven and, and, you know, SEO and, and, you know, content that's actually performing that stuff's very data driven. Yeah, no, that's great. So um, as we start to wrap here, I want to give you uh, an opportunity to talk about who a good referral for you is um, and how should they reach out. Uh, you know, uh, you, I guess this is a chance to talk about one of your favorite ICPs and, yeah. uh, and how should they get a hold of you? Yeah, sure. Um, so so we're, we love working with B2B firm, B2B, B2B law firms, specifically like business law or corporate law firms. Um, very unique for an SEO firm. Most people are trying to go after, you know, personal injury, uh, immigration, family law. You know, while family law is in one of our ICP categories, you know, I love the corporate and business law firms. You know, ten to thirty attorney firms are like an absolute sweet spot for us. Um, usually, ten, you know, five to ten partners at the firm. Um, yeah, and you know, just people that are looking to either. You know, expand expand their business in an existing market, grow into a new market, and that could be a geographic market or a, an area of business law or corporate law. Um, you know, really any firm like that. And I will also say we do get a lot of referrals from you know web development companies and branding companies. You know, the folks that we also reciprocate and we send work to. Mm -hmm. um, you know, with a lot of the laws that, and I'll drop a little little knowledge here. With a lot of the laws changing in some of the states. Firms are allowed to, law firms are now allowed to have a name that doesn't have one of the partner's names in the actual firm name. Um, so, you know, you have folks, my, my friend owns the, the Wills and Trust firm, um, right? And it's, that's, that's a new change. And there's going to be a lot of branding needs that come with that. So, you know, we're always looking for good branding partners to reach out and, and you know, kind of build a relationship with them. Awesome. And Joe, as we start to wrap uh, the, the last question, um, and it's the one of the heavier questions is what are the three biggest lessons you picked up in your journey uh, to become the successful marketer that you are today? Um, measure everything because if you can't measure it, it's it's a waste of money. Um, that, that's one big thing that we've always we've always to told our clients, but we've learned ourselves is that you know throwing money at the wall to see what sticks is not purposeful spending and you know, mm -hmm. you could have gotten the same results potentially spending half the money or a quarter of the money. So, you know, tracking tracking is really, really important. Um, I think another thing is to, and I'm going to say this and ruffle some feathers, but if you have somebody offering you a proprietary platform, run the other direction. Because that means that you can't hire anybody else to do anything else for you. And if you ever decided to part ways with this this vendor, you would need to go and have a new website rebuilt, or you would start from zero. Yeah, yeah, you're you're starting over, and there because there's nothing that they can transfer transfer over, nor are they going to be comfortable with that. So there's a lot of these companies out there, and I don't I don't understand why people would lock themselves into you know one versus having options. Um, you know, and I think I think the third thing is just really making sure that you're comfortable with the partners that you choose and being very open and, and honest with your communication about what it is that you're looking for. Um, and I can use us as an example. We've had partners over the years where, you know, it, after three or four months, I always book a call with somebody new that we've we've brought on to say, hey, 
this is what's working really great, but here's a couple of things that we, we need to improve because it, this part isn't working for us. Um, and that having that feedback and making sure that the person on the other end is actually receiving that feedback well and not being defensive about it proves that we have a really good partner. And it's, you know, that has proven to, to create great relationships in any part of our business, um, including marketing and, and most importantly, marketing. That's awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been a, it's been an awesome conversation. I think uh, our listeners will get a lot out of it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was great. Hey, you. Yes, you. It's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet. Or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. Uh, we will talk to you about that uh, for free. We'll help you figure out uh, where you might be stuck. Uh, whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the first five things you can do, uh, what are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, those consults are free. So reach out at the link below uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Brian. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, our website, podcastchef.com, has a ton of useful information about how to best leverage podcasting to help you solve some of your business goals and challenges. You can also schedule a demo uh, where we can show you how specifically Podcast Chef and our team can help you with some of your podcasting goals. Thanks. Thanks.